This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, October 20th. Opening night of the season is behind us and the first big night of games is ahead with 11 of them on the schedule Wednesday. Today it is the 4x5 episode where I talk with four NBC Sports Edge writers for five minutes each. And at the sound of Steve Alexander's alarm, our time is up and we move on to the next guest. That's our tradition here on the Wednesday 4x5 episode. We will hit a wide range of topics today and first into the fray is... Ryan Knaus. Ryan, I'm going to say hello to you, and then I'm going to start a timer here. Hello. Start the timer. I'm ready. Hello. (laughs) Okay. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Lakers' big three, obviously, one of the two games on opening night. And uh, real quickly, we saw LeBron and AD do LeBron and AD things, 34 points for LeBron, 33 for AD, a bunch of fun supporting stats for those guys. They missed a bunch of free throws, you know, exciting stuff all around. But I want to focus in on Russell Westbrook, Ryan, because... Obviously, an inauspicious debut for him. Eight points, five rebounds, four assists on four for 13 shooting. I don't want to take all your time breaking this down, but basically, I went through and I looked at that's 17 points, rebounds, assists combined. I went through and looked to see when that has actually happened other times for Westbrook. The last time was January of 2016. He was ejected in that game. The last time before that was October 30th, 2014. He broke his hand in that game, only played nine minutes. So just to find a game that matched that, 17 total rebounds, points, rebounds, assists. Without an injury or ejection, I had to go back to November of 2013. Wow. Crazy, right? That is what we come to the round ball stew for. Good research, Matt. That That is Thank nuts. You. Seriously, eight years since, since he put up those numbers, huh? Yeah. I mean, look, this is me combing through game logs, but it's pretty easy to just look at his points alone. Sure. And they're sure, almost sure. always seven, you know. I'm pretty sure that's right. Like, if anyone wants to double check me, but that was what my combing through game logs showed. No, that's a pretty stark reminder of the struggles that we've seen. And in the preseason, you know, it's easy to dismiss it. Well, it's it's Russell Westbrook. He'll pick it up when the games start to count. But, you know, maybe we've discounted the difficulty of incorporating a player with Westbrook's style into a team with two well-established superstars who need the ball in their hands quite quite a bit. It was a, a rugged debut. I don't know if you caught any of Westbrook post game, but he looked like he had just received terrible news. He was despondent, uh, you know, in the press conference. And of course, it's Westbrook. He will bounce back. The counting stats will eventually be there. But we're talking about a guy who's not very efficient. So if his volume does decrease and, you know, game one, hopefully this is the low you know, low water mark for his entire season. It'll get better. But as I was saying, if he he relies on high volume and he's not very efficient, and now he's going to be sharing the ball more than probably ever before, at least in recent years, you know, and he's a year older. So I avoided him in all my drafts. Obviously, much better target in points. Uh, perfectly fine to kind of play the waiting game there. But if you have him on a roster in 8-cat, 9-cat, yeah, it's not looking not looking great right off the bat. I played him in DFS last night. I ignored all the warning signs from preseason. 
plugged him in only to get a 16 fantasy points, which was, I believe, yeah. you know, we talk about 4x, 5x value. That was a 0.6x value. Ooh. So, yeah, not exactly a winning winning number there. Much better days have to be ahead. But For sure. Obviously, with that game being on an island and it being his first regular season game with the Lakers, like, very, a, little, a little startling. A couple of things I, I noticed. I mean, he got really off ball. He was not a factor offensively. And... The couple times that he got good looks, he had a couple wide open corner threes and clanked both of them. That's not really Mm. his game. I mean, not really. It's not his game. When defenders were going under screens, DeAndre Jordan, they were playing a lot of that screen game and Westbrook was settling for the long jumpers, including a couple long twos. Defenses will be more than happy to see him continue to do that. And sure enough, one time Jordan Poole went over the screen, uh, Westbrook attacked and got a layup over a big. So, um... They're going to, you know, those are the types of things. The Lakers are going to look at this footage and say, okay, what's working? What isn't working? Frank Vogel and his coaching staff will figure out ways to get Westbrook into better places. They'll get better chemistry. It's all going to improve. So I'm not saying panic in 8-cat, 9-cat and try to have some fire sale on on Russell Westbrook. But yeah, it it was a discouraging debut, to put it kindly. Makes sense. Yeah, we have just under one minute left, Ryan, uh, before our alarm goes off here. Do you have any parting thoughts before we uh, send you on your way? Uh, just, I would say Anthony Davis looked awesome and I was, I'm very glad I was able to get him in one league. I had been moving him up the ranks consistently in the days leading up to opening night because I think he was sliding his ADP really fell. People will, you know, a bit of a down year last year and then people were worried about Westbrook, but he looks like uh, a man who's ready to dominate still in his prime at 28 years old, opens the season with 30 and 10, three defensive stats, a couple dimes, a three pointer and zero turnovers. That's exactly what you were hoping for when you picked him. Yeah, and uh, that uh, that LeBron James guy, as we sort of talked about during the preseason, pass on him at your own peril. Obviously, who knows what will happen, whether he can hold up the whole season, but one night so far so good on that potentially third-round pick of LeBron. Yeah, a fantasy metronome. Did I hear the alarm slowly start to chime in there? The alarm came on really loud and then goes quiet. I got to talk to Steve <laughs> about that because Steve being the alarm guru, I got to talk to him about that. Maybe we'll spend 10 seconds on that today. Ryan? As always, thank you for your time. I will see you back here soon. Thanks, Matt. All right, we're now going to bring in Raphael Johnson, and he's here. Raph, how are you, man? You're muted, for starters. All right, now that's taken care of. I'm, I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well also. I am well. I'm well, thank you. We just talked about the... I'm going to start our timer, by the way. We just talked about the Lakers and uh, Warriors, so now let's uh, shift over to the early game from Tuesday night, because I believe you had some thoughts on a couple of Brooklyn Nets. Yes, um, I was hoping to use part of at least part of my five minutes talking about Patty Mills and Nicholas Claxton. I think, you know, we, we tend to see extreme reactions one way or the other in terms of fantasy basketball, the first games, first week of the season. And I'm a bit concerned about Patty Mills here. Obviously, he had a big night last night. I think he went seven for seven from three. Uh, good numbers across the board, but that really hasn't been the type of player that he's been throughout his career. I know Ryan gave us some numbers earlier today in our email chain. What uh, never averaged more than 2.2 rebounds, three and a half assists, 0.8 steals, or 0.1 blocks per game in his NBA career. He's also just under a 43% shooter. So that's why I kind of wanted to bring him up today because I feel like there's a bit of a, a tug of war here. Like the numbers would lead you to believe he's not a great fantasy option, but the circumstances that he's currently in. May make him worth rolling the dice on. I mean, no Kyrie Irving. 
you know, I think Steve Nash still trying to figure out the rotation, like which nine or 10 players are going to play consistently. So maybe Mills is a guy worth rolling the dice on as long as you understand that outside of points, three pointers, you really aren't going to get a whole lot from the fantasy. Yeah. And I mean, the thing about Patty Mills, I guess if you're looking for an optimistic slant on it, you know, those numbers has never averaged, has never averaged, has never averaged. Also, Mm -hmm. you would add played for Greg Popovich. I mean, so, you know, he's now on a new team. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, could maybe he could be a points and threes uh, bonanza for the Nets. But again, yeah, like if you're looking for more than that, I wouldn't be. But I I guess I understand picking him up. I feel like Patty Mills is a guy we often pick up in fantasy, at least for stretches of a season. Yeah, definitely. I think I had him for a bit last year. when he was still actively being used in the Spurs rotation, but new location, you know, maybe he's, he'll, his rotational role will be a little bit different. Obviously you mentioned the Kyrie Irving situation earlier, but I don't know. I, I think I just wonder, I'm just a bit concerned that some managers may see what he did last night and decide they're just going to go all in on Patty Mills. And I think that would be a bit of a mistake right now. Yeah, at the risk of ignoring like a young guy with upside this early in the season, which is really what I think you should be doing with your flyers, which maybe mm-hmm. brings us to the second guy you wanted to talk about on the Nets, potentially. Does that work as a segue? That's right. Nicholas Claxton. Yes, that's Thank a very you. good segue, actually. Um, Nicholas Claxton uh, started last night. I think that was one of the questions that a lot of us had during the preseason, just because of how much the rotation kind of shifted. Who would start? You also add... Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and, and Paul Millsap to that rotation. So, But he played 24 minutes alongside Blake Griffin, that starting lineup. 12.7 rebounds. I know some people were citing the the free, the free throw numbers. Uh, 0 for 3 from the line. That's not good in terms of you're playing like 9-cat with percentages. That's definitely not good. But I was more concerned about the absence of defensive stats. You know, no steals, no blocks last night. I don't think that's going to be commonplace for Claxton. That's why I still have some optimism for him as a fantasy option, especially if he's going to be playing 25 minutes a game. But, yeah, I think, I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag. The 12.7 boards you like, but the lack of defensive numbers last night was a bit of a concern for me on a one-game sample size. But I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, the encouraging thing to me is probably the role. And like you said, he is a guy who show, has shown the ability to get those defensive stats. So I wouldn't overreact to a zero steal, zero block box score or the missed free throws. Raph, we got about a minute left. Any any final thoughts for you on the Nets or otherwise? Um, I think we got a slight timetable on Cade Cunningham, too. Uh, and Troy Weaver was talking on a radio show yesterday, and he said he hopes have Cunningham back at the end of their upcoming road trip. They play three straight on the road after their opener tonight. So we may be looking at October 30th against Orlando as his season debut from that ankle injury. I can't wait that long, Raph. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not able to wait that long. <laughs> Detroit's not going to rush him, so we may have to. I want to see... I mean, that's that's brutal, right? If you're a Pistons yeah. fan or drafting in fantasy, stay patient. You know, Don't mm-hmm. do anything rash. Obviously, no one's dropping Cade Cunningham, but don't, you know... Don't succumb to like putting him in a trade offer until you've seen the guy play in a regular season game. The other tricky thing is seven of their first 12 are on the road. So you got two, three game slates on the road. So that could be a concern if he's not back for that Orlando game. All right. Well, that is, uh, I'm glad we got that update in there. As I'm sure you heard, Raph, the alarm has gone off. So yeah, we are going to move on to our, to our next participant. Uh, enjoy it as always, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. All right, that's going to bring in the doctor, I think, if I have this order right. Yes, I do. Steve Alexander, how are you? Oh, tough uh, tough oh. night coming off that Braves, that Braves Luke Jackson meltdown. Uh, tough night. Sleepless night for Braves fans. I'm going to give you 15 seconds before I start a timer to rant about the Braves, and then I'm starting it. Oh. Bonus 15 seconds. No, just to get out of your system. I'm not blaming Luke Jackson for this. I'm blaming, I think, Tra- that's where Tra- Travis Darnold called for the pitch. Yeah. Uh, I think it was more of a catcher issue than a pitcher issue. Plus, Luke is a, a close friend of the family, and I, I, I get sad when he... Uh, when stuff like that happens to him. Agreed. Timer timer has begun, by the way. I also heard you mention that your your alarm chime started off really loud and then got very quiet. I think that yeah. might happen when you touch the phone and it knows that um, you've acknowledged that the alarm is going off and you don't need it blasting in your face any longer. But man. I am really not the person to ask about the alarm because I'm always scared. To, I mean, I've had... I've had alarm catastrophes before and you know, the alarm is set every, the volume looks good. Everything's there. And then it just like silence when it's supposed to go off and I just sleep right through whatever it was I was supposed to be doing. So uh, I would not rely on me for phone advice. Jared Johnson, who is in the waiting room right now, just wrote in the chat uh, alarm doctor, which maybe is what we should start calling you. Steve, I think you had a couple of players you wanted to talk about. We're down to a mere four minutes. So let's knock this out. I think Jordan Poole, I think we had ex- expectations of him to be a big scorer this season. Uh, he did not disappoint last night. He played really he well in the not. second half. Looks like a really great three-point shooter. I think he, he and Patty Mills were two of the the big stars of the night. Unlike Roth, I'm not really – I don't think people are going to go all in on Patty Mills thinking that he's going to be this super diverse, incredible fantasy player. He's a three-point specialist uh, who does – a few other little things. He's in a really good spot for the Nets with no Kyrie Irving coming off pretty nice Olympic performance out from under the wrath of my man, Greg Popovich. So uh, Jordan Poole and uh, my man, what is going on? <laughs> Patty. Did you? Um, those two guys, I think if you're okay with just getting points and threes out of them and not a lot else, I think they're going to be fun guys to roster this season. 
Yeah, Jordan Poole, remember, that was my friend Jason's uh, parting shot as he retired from fantasy. He said, draft Jordan Poole. Yeah, he got me fired up about Jordan Poole, actually. I proceeded to draft him nowhere, but it, was hard. it wasn't because I didn't want to. Everyone wanted Jordan Poole, it appears, by the end of draft season. Well, I also know that, well, what were you, you going to ask me? No, if you if you have more Jordan Poole, keep going. I don't. I, I know that you and Ryan talked a little bit about uh, Russell Westbrook, and I, I was yeah probably just going to say the same thing y'all did. I didn't no. get to hear mo- most of that, but how high is your panic level on Westbrook? One to ten. It's not high at all because I don't have him anywhere. I absolutely yeah. did not draft Russell Westbrook. Okay, show some empathy and imagine you did. I did put him into a Fanduel lineup last night, so. I was expecting a little more. Uh, I think we all were expecting a little more. But that's the thing. Can LeBron James and Russell Westbrook share the floor together um, because they both need the ball in their hands at all times? And, you know, I have my doubts after seeing that last night. But then again, we're one game into the NBA season. If we're still having this conversation 15 days from now, then we've got a real problem on our hands. But Westbrook was super down, super hard on himself. Not happy. Uh, he, he's going to bounce back from this. They're going to figure out how to make the three of them work together. I'm really not too concerned. Uh, yeah. My favorite part about that game was when Steph Curry got his first triple-double since 2016 and said he played like trash. So that was cool. <laughs> I, I'm definitely picturing LeBron and AD kind of getting out of the way to let Westbrook get some extra rebounds next game to kind of get himself going. I, I, I think that the Westbrook you know, squeaky wheel or whatever you want to call it is going to be in full effect. I, I'm still a little concerned about this whole thing, but don't certainly don't want to overreact to that one game. I mean, it's, it's not like complete panic. I I just don't think if you expected vintage Westbrook in LA, I don't just don't see how you're going to get it while they're all healthy. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure we won't get it, but it's not going to be a full form of vintage Westbrook. It's going to be, I think he's going to be solid. I think he's going to be solid. He's going to get it figured out, but probably not a first-round fantasy guy. No, no, no. Probably not a second-round fantasy guy. Keep going. Steve, you got about, we, you slash we have about 30 seconds left. Anything else? Uh, I thought Nick Claxton did not look very good last night. He was kicking the ball around. He just, he, he was just sort of roaming around out there aimlessly. And I, I think, think he's very raw and has a long way to go i like his skill set he's gonna be the numbers are gonna be better than they were last night but i'm a i was a little concerned really i'm a little concerned about all the nets uh knowing what they're supposed to be doing outside of james harden and kevin durant steve the music's going can you hear it i tested your theory by the way i did not pick up the phone when the alarm went off and the same thing happened so we're gonna have to go back to the drawing board on that you're gonna have to call apple or whoever and get that figured out I would like you to hopefully report back. If you can, you do a little alarm research since you have like thirty-five alarms during the day. No, well, I can ask okay. one of my kids. Right. My one of my kids can probably answer that question for us. Please report back on the Friday episode if you would. Okay, and then I'll see you all hosting my first ever podcast on Thursday at noon with Raphael Johnson. Exciting! I can't wait. I mean, I won't be there, but I can't wait. Stop by and say hello. I will do. Okay, <laughs> you'll see me in the waiting room. See ya. Bye. Well, he's here. He's back. The closer, Jared Johnson, has been waiting patiently. Jared, it's always an adventure watching you in one of these waiting rooms because you're so animated. <laughs> You've had about 35 
different responses visually just looking at your face i, I actually while i'm talking to steve i'm just basically watching you react to everything steve is saying so good good times how are you i am good i don't think that nicholas claxton was kicking the ball around i think they were throwing it at his knees a lot <laughs> but uh, i thought harden was trying to set him up a lot anyways you guys have beat that dead horse um what here's a here's a good segue when do you think the season really starts like week one's always a little bit weird right because we mm-hmm. we miss monday it's not a full week guys are still finding the rhythm when do you think the season starts tonight <laughs> i don't know i mean i feel like I mean, when does it really start in terms of like when you can actually make declarations about, oh, this yeah. was a good pick, this was a horrible pick, I made a huge mistake, my team's terrible, like that kind of thing? Uh, not going that far, but just like when do you think guys kind of uh, knock off the rest and they're kind of playing how they play? I mean, I think you need to be seeing stuff right away, to, honestly. I mean, you can make exemptions for certain players. You know, if someone's coming off an injury, you give them, you come to cut them some slack. I mean, I think in Westbrook's case, you... You have a little bit of like, all right, it's his first game playing with LeBron and AD. Like, what do you expect? It, maybe it's not going to be perfect right away. But other guys I drafted, if they were playing during the preseason, like I expect it right away. You know, if my some of my favorite, I'm trying to think. I mean, if Mo Bamba comes out Wednesday night, they play Wednesday. I think they do, and has like six points and three boards. I'm going to be worried immediately. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh well, he's you know <laughs> just figuring it out. Like I got I got to see it right away. Does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of think it starts like after two weeks. That's when I start like really making declarations about anything. I mean, you know, if Mo Bama comes out tonight and stinks it up, I'm not going to be particularly worried. I also don't have him anywhere. Well, that that's an extreme example because that's like, you know, a guy with, you know, some competition for minutes and it's kind of a, a guy you're, you know, hoping will break out. So. So, I mean, if we went further into that example, I guess if Mo Bamba, like, fouls out in 10 minutes, I'd be like, oof, that doesn't look good. But if the minutes are there and he just doesn't quite play well, eh, we'll give him a pass. That was a vague question. Here's another one. (laughs) Uh, What are you looking forward to this season? Like, the season's about to start. What what are you most excited for? Like, both tonight and as we... We fully emerge ourselves in the in the NBA season. We got we got too little. Well, I'm not going to say the Hawks because that's the obvious mm-hmm. the obvious one. I'm strangely excited for the Charlotte Hornets. I got to say, um, in, in terms of fantasy, I drafted you know a bunch of Hornets in my drafts leading up to the season. I got Terry Rozier a bunch of places. I, I'm excited yeah. to see him potentially smash his ADP for the second straight year as he went in like the 60s in my recent drafts. I still feel like that may have been a value even. I I think LaMelo just could be a monster this year. I can't wait to see him. Um, I just think that is a really intriguing team. It does have some fantasy questions. I mean, how is this Miles Bridges, PJ Washington thing going to work out? Gordon Hayward. That's the biggest one. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see that team. That's the first team that came to mind other than the Hawks. What about you? Uh... I'm looking for, I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, just like some of the big picks I made, you know, like, ha, like I want to see an explosion from Jalen, but I'm going to lower my expectations a little bit because conditioning, mm-hmm. but OG is there and huh, I got him pretty much everywhere. And I, I, I just can't wait to see this guy play. Uh, Jalen Green is another guy that I'm just 
I can't wait. I really can't. And I hope that he just doesn't come out and shoot 20 shots and make five of them. Um, I am slightly yeah. concerned about the efficiency. I just hope it's not too bad because I think those... His efficiency was pretty good in the G League, it though, was. wasn't it? It's just like... We, we, like for it was a mixed bag in the preseason, but preseason, I don't know. They're not really playing to their full potential, I think. I think it, it, you know, it matters more when the games matter. So he's another guy that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to. And uh, what else am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a, see, there's a blank spot on my wall right there that could really use a John ja Morant jersey. <laughs> you have to wait a long wait there to, to find out if you win that. Yeah. Wasn't there like a Durant jersey back there? He's what right happened? There. Did we give that away? I oh, cover okay. him up with okay, my head so on accident. Yeah. I need to organize my background better. <laughs> Closing seconds, Jared. Any parting thoughts? Uh, parting thoughts. Oh, how did I not say this? Clay Thompson is coming back this year. I am incredibly excited for that. I'm slightly nervous. Only other person that has experienced his set of injuries is DeMarcus Cousins, who is no longer in the league. But what we saw from Kevin Durant last year, um, which hopefully is not an outlier and is a sign of the medical science catching up with that a terrible, terrible Achilles tear. Um, I'm hopeful that we can see a little bit of the clay that he used to be. And one thing going in his favor is he was never a guy that relied on uber athleticism. He was a very finesse guy. I remember watching him, you know, through his first two years in the league, you know, missing layups on a fast break. So, um, I am very, I'm very eager to see him. All right. Well, we shall see how all that pans out. The timer has gone off. My dog is definitely devouring something in the next room. So it's a good thing that our time is up. I think he's might be eating a paper bag. So we're going to go check on that. <laughs> we're all going to go about our day. Can't wait to watch this 11 game night as that will do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We will be back on Thursday with Dr. A hosting, as we said, his first podcast and our first waiver wire pod of the year with Steve and Jonas Nader on Friday. Thanks to everyone for watching live and listening. Thanks to all of our writers, including you, Jared. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.